if we're being completely honest. Here it comes. At that time. Here it comes. We weren't deviating very far from <laughs> who I was at the time. Welcome, welcome everyone. Welcome to Unlikely Story, the filmmaking podcast. I am Chris Loafing. And I am Travis Clough. We are your hosts and uh, uh, best friends. And we are here in <laughs> we're studio. We're best friends. We're, we're not friends. We're, we're best, best friends. friends. Oh, God. <laughs> uh, that, was, that was from the original too with Tyler Smith. Remember Tyler that? Smith, man. Um, okay, so we have a special guest in studio with us, one of our favorite guys. He's done several things with us since the first thing that we've done together, which you may recognize him as one of the extraordinary leads from The Gallows. This is our actor, our friend, our supporter, basically a family member, Ryan Schuess. How you doing, guys? Ryan, thank Welcome, you for being in here with us. Happy to be back. Back in Fresno. You're, you're home away from home. It really is. It was my early 20s. All of it. <laughs> yeah, it's crazy. We, we've that, worked on one or two things together, but the gallows was like working on 17 things. It was. It was because it, it was the gallows and the gallows because there were two versions, which you can watch both versions on the Blu-ray. <laughs> Shameless plug for the <laughs> Blu-ray of, of gallows. Oh, the original's on there. The original yeah. is on the Blu-ray. Yep. Yep. That I filmed. Right, yeah, the you, whole the whole movie. It's not just an alternate scene Ryan, or an alternate ending. Ryan it's filmed the entire movie. most of that version, like legitimately, yes. yeah, with the camera in your hand. I focused on everything. Yeah, yeah. we're gonna get into some fun gallows related stories. Some you know unlocking the vault of of gallows days. But Ryan, uh, we go way back, as we mentioned, um, and honestly, it, so far back in the sense that like some of our earliest. <laughs> filmmaking experiences even including casting you know like as oh, yeah. as filmmakers you were there you know like yeah. you're some of the first you know you and Reese and Pfeiffer and and some of the first people we ever cast in anything we want to hear first i think you know how did you get started how did you get started as an actor where did you come from yeah and what was in your mind when you were like well i originated from portland maine portland maine way far away as far as you can get from los angeles and um, I just was always playing sports growing up and then watched a lot of Jim Carrey films. And nice. The, Who didn't? The nice. Grinch Who didn't? especially. Uh, oh, really? Was, yeah, all about it. And I think I was downstairs watching the VHS for like the 45th time. And I was like, you know what? I can do this. I want to be a part of this whole thing. And Portland, Maine is not an acting hub or entertainment hub in any sense. Uh but I decided to call up the one agency that was in Portland, Maine, and they said, we're not going to sign you yet, but here's an audition that you can go on. Went on the audition and booked it. Oh, and nice. it was some, you know, <laughs> it was some, you know, PSA. You're like, like this is easy. Yeah, public <laughs> yeah, No big deal. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Just not knowing that there was like one other person that had an audition oh. <laughs> and it was probably. You know, That's anyway. funny. Yeah. So got that. And then it just kind of started my journey. And became known really as like the public service announcement guy of Maine. Nice. I did like the no drinking, no drugs, put your seatbelt on, like everything. Oh, nice. And, okay. Oh, the infamous was the uh, talking to your parents about sex. <laughs> that came out my freshman year of high school at a new school. Oh, man. Oh, it was brutal. Absolutely brutal. <laughs> so I'm, I'm on a lacrosse team and there's a video of me that plays during like the Red Sox games of me like... It's weird talking to my parents about sex. <laughs> oh man, ripped on so hard by the seniors. It reminds oh. me of that clip in uh, what's it, Spider-Man: Homecoming? When, yeah, yeah. when they're watching that Captain America, he leans in over the chair. Let me get. Let me talk to you guys here. Your body's changing. Or yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so that was uh. like it was just. I don't know. I kind of just jumped into it and it was literally all commercials and stuff. I never did theater or anything like that. I did like one play in middle school, but then booked a movie there. It was a horror movie um, and did that. And then kind of went off to college in New Hampshire, did some things. I was like an extra on the social network, which was a blast. Oh, Got nice. to see okay. Jesse Eisenberg and um, Andrew Garfield and David Fincher work, which was great. And then, Dropped out of college and moved to Los Angeles. Ayo, there it is. And then met is. you guys. The big leap. There it yeah. is. Literally was like I turned 12, got a commercial, 
dropped out of college, moved to Los Angeles, met you guys. Wow. So that's all you need to know about my wow. early teens. Wow. That is cool. Yeah. And I, I, I remember that audition process. And like I just said moments ago, it was very new to us because yeah. we, I think at that time we hadn't really done a whole lot. I mean, it did some, we short had film done casting. a little bit of casting in Fresno. Yeah. And we just saw people that weren't actors necessarily, but we're pool. trying to just kind of get in and see kind of like, because it's, there's not really a huge, there's not like agents and all that kind of stuff. There was one lady who was getting people kind of like Maine, you know, there was, there's just a small group of people. Um, and Devore. so divorce, divorce. Yeah. Carolyn helped us rest a, her soul. a lot. Yeah. Rest in oh, peace. Really? Yeah. Oh. She passed away a, about, about a year and a half ago, maybe two. Yeah. Um, Anyway, she helped us get some people uh, for this trailer that we shot. and But then when we went down to LA to cast the feature, yeah, we were just like, okay, how do we do this? We used the, uh, was it Actors Access? LA, LA Casting LA or Casting yeah. or both of them probably. You probably remember getting through that service, I would imagine. I do. So here's a tip for those of you that are, for any of you that are looking to produce or cast a film, an independent film, one of the places that people go to is is uh, casting websites like LA Casting. Or I think it's called Casting Networks now. Casting Networks. Uh, if I'm not mistaken, the one that you guys use was Craigslist. We got this movie we're doing. We got a movie we're doing. We need What's a couple of young LA guys cast- and a couple of young girls this to be in our movie. casting site Craigslist. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. No. Um, if you want to <laughs> cast actors uh, in your film, you can look – well, you can look for a casting director and they'll find you some – People that might be, you know, a little bit further up the scale, or you but can just at do the it time, yourself by putting a post. Or do it yourself yeah. the way we did, and the way we have done a lot using Actors Access, and we found a lot of gems uh, through using those websites, Actors Access, and what's the other one? Uh, Breakdown Services. Yep, they're the yep. same thing. They're the same. Those are the same. I think LA, LA casting, casting is now Casting Networks. That one's free for filmmakers to use, as far as I remember but yeah it's a great place to go for because i was going to say we were kind of living almost parallel journeys where i remember you were at nifa right yeah new york film academy and when i got the audition i saw your name and what was the film that you did at the end your like nifa thesis oh uh cross cross that's right yeah yeah, yeah, i got some connection oh because you had been in a film of one of his classmates. Right, exactly. That's what it was. Oh, I'd been in so many student films, NYFA, American Film Academy, USC, like all of those through breakdowns or whatever it was. I remember you telling me that when we met that uh, at that audition, you you mentioned you knew someone from And your editing and DP skills had already been showing through in Cross. Right. It was so good. And then- (laughs) It was. Getting an audition. I mean, I had been on so many- Subpar auditions. Well, but let's <laughs> let's break that down for a minute, though, because a lot of people think uh, mistakenly that they're going to go and like they're going to start out. Maybe they'll think they're starting out on the bottom rung of a ladder, but they think that that ladder is on a big movie or on a uh, big TV show. Right. They don't realize a lot of times that the bottom rung of the ladder is a ladder on an independent film or a student film that will probably never see the light of day. Right. And so their hopes can get dashed a little bit by not managing their expectations of where they need are actually going to be starting. Yeah. yeah. And I think that you need to have a broader view of everything and know that those are huge learning experiences. I mean, if you're in school shooting a film, the actors that are on that film might as well be in school as well. Right. I mean, you're yeah. learning everything at the same time. You can't just... You can't pick me, 20-year-old kid out of nowhere, Maine, to be in the next Marvel movie. Like, I would be, oh my God, I would be trampled over on set. Yeah, I mean, even the youngest player in the Marvel movies, if you're looking at like Tom Holland, he had already done a bunch of stuff. I mean, he was in The Impossible. And how many screen tests do you think he did on top to verify that he could actually do the things that were being asked of him? Oh, yeah, Mm -hmm. yeah. And so he, even though he's super young in the Marvel universe... He is an accomplished actor already because he was acting since he was like, you know, pre-double digits, you yeah. know. If you could give a pe- one piece of advice to people out there in regards to auditions, what what would it be? Like, what's the best piece of advice you could give? Or early auditions? on in their career. Yeah, especially early on in their career. Well, um, I would kind of hang on this expectations idea. Um, for auditions, I think that a lot of actors, when they get the 
initial audition, if you get an audition from a casting director, you are over the moon. It's like the greatest thing, but it's also the most stressful thing that you're ever going to get. And I think immediately our expectations go to um, what is it that the casting director is expecting to see from me for mm. this role? And I personally think that's a really dangerous thought because you're immediately um, taking the power away from you and why they brought you in. They're bringing you in to see you and yeah. how you're going to be this character. And right. so instead of trying to formulate this character based on what you think somebody else wants to see, put yourself into the role and say, what do I want to see in this character? And hopefully the casting director's um, ideas and your ideas line up. But let's be honest, I mean, 80, 90% of the time, they're not going to line up, but it doesn't mean your audition's bad. Yeah. It didn't mean that you did a bad job. It just means that wasn't the one. Yeah. And that's what we do in this industry. Totally it's 90% rejection. Totally true. I mean, there's so many people we see having cast many things now past the gallows where we see great auditions, but they're just not a fit for the, the project. Oh, it, yeah. Like we we try as best we can to log those people's information, let them know we enjoyed their audition. Yeah. I mean, it's, it is tough when you're kind of casting things yourself, which we often do, but we really try to like keep tabs on those people that we enjoyed, even if they weren't a fit for that project. Yeah. You know? And for, I mean, let's say you even get an audition and then you get a call back, you know, people always say, and I, it drives me crazy, but like take the little wins, you know, like, a callback is a great thing. Yeah. It's celebrate a great all thing. Wins. That's then, what we say. Celebrate all wins. All yeah. wins. But then, you know, you don't get the part and then you're like, well, what's a callback? I mean, I didn't get the role and you just get down on yourself. And that's where I'm saying like, you kind of got to have a bigger perspective on the industry and know that something's going to come for you if you continue to yeah. try and put it's, your best forward. It's the persistent nature of people that, you have to be persistent. You, Very. You have to, and you and managing your expectations will help you get through all the negative that could come your way, that will come your way. Will. Um, <laughs> and, and that that you, if you sit there and wade and wallow in it, uh, it's just going to mess you up, and you'll be out of business. It's in no time. it's just like anything in life, too. I mean, anything that is worth succeeding in, worth trying. It's like. It's going to take time. It's going to take effort. You know, you're yeah. going to have to fall down a few times on that bike before you get it, before you get it down. And, and, and it's so easy to just say, screw this and th throw the bike away. And I'm just going to stick with my scooter, you know, <laughs> yeah. but, but if you're going to become a, a master, you got to keep going, you know, and it's, you got to get your butt up and get going. I think acting is interesting too, because it's like, you could have that raw skill or that talent your entire journey and it just it just maybe you some actors feel like it's going unnoticed or yeah. or you know those opportunities just aren't coming well here's an interesting thing on that so you could have all the talent in the world and you could even get cast in something great um but if you get on set and the camera's over here and you're saying all your lines over here mm -hmm. and they're oh. getting a profile your talent's nothing right? because you need to know how to interact on the set with the directors, with the producers. Like yep. you need to know. Awareness. It's yeah. such a, it's so much bigger than just being able to put on a performance. That's it's so true. It's awareness, guys. You got to have awareness. Especially for film. It's something we talk about all the time. We always praise uh, Tom Cruise yeah. for it because we just, that guy, not only is, he's, is his running game on point, but <laughs> yeah. every every shot he's in. He's just got that perfect awareness of, he's so of what's cinematic. going on. Yeah. He's so cinematic. It's I mean, kind of like those it, actors are. It, knowing exactly where the frame is, knowing where it's funny, that reminds me of did you see the thing? This is a side note. Did you see the thing with Ronaldo? Oh, the with the water yeah, and yeah. the coke? Yeah. Dude, agua. Agua. Yeah. So like Ronaldo, this is crazy. He knew he knows he's been on camera enough too. Even even this amazing football player, you know? Uh, world, world renowned Ronaldo Cristiano. Okay. So he knows exactly where the edge of frame is. Yeah. So he took, it's so funny. <laughs> I even he, watched the wide frame one and he pushed it even more to yeah. get the Coke bottles off. Yeah. He took the Coke yeah, yeah. bottles off of this. It was perfectly set up for branding. It was awesome. And he took the Coke bottles and he, he's like, <laughs> moved, him out moved them all the way out of frame <laughs> like this and set them down. And he, it's like, he knew exactly where frame was. He was, his camera awareness was brilliant. And he's a football star, but he's been on so many commercials. And he's such an influence that he knows what goes on on set. He's seen these commercials cut together. Oh yeah. He knows this 
coffee cup's going to be right here. Just Yeah. And then it's gone. Yeah. And so he grabbed the water. He goes, agua. So what happened? $4 billion lost from Coca-Cola. $4 billion <laughs> drop. In Coca-Cola. In Coca-Cola stock. But let's also be fair, it's still worth uh, 300 and... Yeah, it's still, yeah, it's yeah. still worth 20 plenty. Billion. Still. <laughs> They're doing okay. But Went down to like what amazing power they had to one let a, guy has. They had to let a few polar bears go from the company. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> Sorry, we're not going to be able to retain you. <laughs> <laughs> what amazing power has this one guy, though, who has such camera uh, awareness mm -hmm. uh, to be able to do something like that? That's, yeah. It's pretty crazy. But it we always crazy. talk about guys like... Guys like that that know their framing, Tom Cruise, everything's cinematic. Well, and it just, it just, I think a lot of lay people, people who are just movie fans, casual movie fans or watch content might look at an actor's job and think easy, you know, like they're not doing anything. What are they doing? They're just reading lines. There's so many other aspects to acting that I think just go unnoticed. And that's definitely one of them is camera awareness, knowing your way around set, knowing where to be, where not to be, you know, all those things. It's, it's the same thing as making movies. You know, it's like, Oh, just point the camera and shoot. It's like, well, that's only a, a, a fraction of the actual filmmaking process. Yeah. You've got to market it. You've got to distribute it. You've got the pre-production. I mean, there's so many aspects. It's like running a business, you know? Yeah. Um, so I find that pretty interesting yeah. that you've kind of tapped into that skill set as well, or that you are at least, aware enough of that because a lot of actors aren't they just can't hit their marks they can't you know i know and i i've been on enough projects too to watch others that don't take that as seriously as they should and it it doesn't just harm the production it harms you as an actor and the way you can market yourself afterwards like oh yeah if you're so stoked on this part that you just got but then half your face isn't on camera like what are you gonna do with that yeah. And you're not helping the people that you're working with either because they're trying to make something <laughs> Which beautiful as well. Which is a perfect well. segue into Gallows where none of your face was on camera. Uh, yeah. <laughs> it was a little bit. A, a little, little bit. bit. No, it reminded me of, of Mike Wazowski saying, I'm on the cover of a magazine. <laughs> the thing covering you know, And it's like the, the barcode is what's covering <laughs> yeah, yeah, its face. Yeah, yeah. And, they, and it's like, oh, yeah, that such you a think he's going to be so mad because he didn't actually get on the cover. That was a good Billy Crystal. But was, thank you. Thank you. Um, but yeah, it's so true. Being aware is a big thing. For us, we don't have to give as much direction if an actor already knows where things are happening, what their angles are, what the shot is, if it's a wide close-up, extreme close-up, whatever. I, I want to I wanna bring something up going back to your audition, actually, for The Gallows. <laughs> now, Gallows was an interesting thing to audition for and for us to audition people for because because of the nature of found footage, right? Because of the improvisation, the fact that we were using the characters' names, that we really wanted to have you guys be as real in that environment as possible. The audition process was very much like that too. It was really just a lot of improv. We didn't really give you a character to play. We just kind of gave you a situation and see yeah. what you would do with it, you know? What was that experience like for you? What do you recall from that? Well, I think it's probably a good thing that I was 21 and cocky and was just <laughs> able to talk about anything. I mean, there was no set anything. You, I, I do remember um, getting the audition and I'd been on a lot of them and a lot of them didn't go anywhere. And a lot of them were kind of, I was, I, was, I was getting down on myself. And I think the night before I had probably indulged in one too many libations. And I, <laughs> the next day I woke up and I'm like, I'm not doing this. Like I'm not going. And I, I think eventually I was just like, you know what? I got to do this. I'm just going to go and see what it's about. And I showed up and I still remember the place on Lancashire that yep. we, that little playhouse thing. Yeah. That, and you guys just handed me a camera and I don't think there were lines. I don't think so. It was just a situation. We had you a said couple situation. You said, I'm your friend on a train or something. Yep, the train one. Bust your buddy's balls for three minutes or whatever. You were coming back from a concert. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, and and the, the girl you're with sees something. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's one we still use we in still use just that about everything. It's yeah. just a good uh, indicator of someone's ability to... Not only act, but to improvise, to be on the fly, and and their personality. We and get a get, lot out of it. To get scared, because a lot of stuff we cast for, the people have to be scared, you know? And that's tough to do. Yeah. Props to people that can get scared oh. on camera. A lot of actors are like, oh, horror movies, whatever. That's It's like, yeah, because you can't act scared. Try, try acting try scared. How do you, like, you know what I mean? Like, try to pretend to be scared when you know that being scared 
is a surprise event. You know, yeah. you don't. I would like it. to see how good Meryl Streep is in a horror movie. Probably not <laughs> oh, that good. Episode three, be, you guys calling people out? I, I, I think she'd be okay. <laughs> you know what though? But, then you well, she's a great dramatic actress. Yeah. But then you've got people like Tony Collette, who also a great dramatic actress is is amazing as a dramatic actress actress but also in horror movies in comedies in like everything Tony Collette is she's the total package Travis has a thing for Tony Collette I would love <laughs> to work tell. with her no I would love to work with her she's amazing all the movies that you've ever loved you would be like, oh my gosh, like Tony Collette was in there. <laughs> Every movie. Every single. No, but like I'm a Sixth big fan Sense. of The Lion King. She's in there somewhere. She <laughs> yeah, was, yeah, a, yeah. She was a meerkat or something. Look, every movie that she has been in, if you were to watch it or have watched it, you would be like, oh yeah, I remember liking that movie. And it's a lot to do with how great her performances are. I, I well, My point too is, and there's a lot of magnificent and just so good horror performances Shelley Duvall that just don't get recognized it feels like yeah. you know and they're so good like it's like again acting scared I feel like it's such a challenge I agree well that's why I think Tony Collette should have got the Oscar nomination at least yeah. for Hereditary did I don't any, know if you saw that did but anyone I watch horror did anyone get sorry I yeah. watch horror did anyone uh, get recognized for Get Out uh did anyone win anything for that uh yeah uh the screenplay uh, did yeah. the screenplay did yeah but, but not the actors huh Jordan Peele did uh no I think uh Kaluuya got a nomination Anyway, I, I just think that that's cool. But, um, but I back think, to the gals I audition. I think that back on the audition thing, um, in this specific audition, I think being a little kind of off my game with the previous night, I um, when I got in there, I was able to set aside like the nerves of you guys being like, why don't you just make some lines up for three minutes or whatever? And normally when someone says that, you immediately just like, Mm. Oh, especially yeah. like 21 year old not knowing anything maybe been a one improv class did it help that we looked like children also <laughs> we were all children <laughs> and it didn't matter it was, it was nice though that you gave me the camera you know yeah you guys gave me the camera to yep. turn you're like make sure you turn it on yourself and yep. i think i turned it on myself well the i think whole time. you said yeah. uh dude can i no, I that's can i talk into the you, thing you, and, that was and we were thing, like yeah. you asked yes you asked and, and then we're it, like we looked immediately at each other and we were like, like mm. we like this guy for this role <laughs> already so Am I, do I turn it to myself or no? Whatever you want. Would you if you were messing around with the money? Hell yeah, I would. And you, and also keep in mind too that I was so young in Los Angeles that this movie, especially the amount of filming time that we did together, really shaped me as an actor. Mm. Um, be, and the way you guys work, you know? So that's why I think that like coming back to Fresno and stuff is for me like homey. Because it's where I learned so much of the way I interact with this industry and my acting craft and all that. You know, that's it was like cool, man. some roots. That's we cool. learned so much together. We did. We did. I mean, like, it was four so much. Four years, right? Four years worth of shooting, reshooting, coming oh. back together, ADR. I mean, all. And that's stuff. the other thing too that I was going to say before we started this is um, when people ask, they're like, "Oh, how old were you when you filmed that?" I was like. 21 to 25 yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like, which which era yeah which, like, which, which, which one are you talking about they're like what do you mean i'm like we shot that like three times at least yeah yeah i mean that scene where cassidy cassidy the, yeah. that, that scene we filmed that at least five times at least yeah. five times because i tested it out then i tested it out a, a second time because we had changed the method and that's when i hit my head you smacked um, your head right, right into the, the wall that middle, <laughs> that middle beam there um, we should show that on the, for if those I can, watching if i can find it i will well, definitely I show it cuz yeah. that's pretty funny the thud is just like and you're like, like oh yeah, he's like oh, oh, oh. <laughs> you just see my body fold like an accordion it's so good um, but then we filmed it with the old actress we filmed it with cassidy twice yeah. cuz we changed the makeup i remember yep. being i was in the side room right over here yeah, when she with was Rebecca filming. in the fake trailer. In the fake too. trailer. Yeah. I mean, so. Yeah. But same thing. It's like, what a great playground to learn, though. I mean, oh, yeah. to, to do and redo scenes and learn just, you know, even just basic stuff about being on set. Oh, there was so much are... we were able to learn and improve upon in that process. Yeah. Totally. And I think we should consider ourselves very fortunate that you we got the opportunity to shoot it once. And you guys did a great job putting together the stuff that I, whose management or 
360 saw or something like that. Blumhouse. Yeah. 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 But then get to then go back and be like, well, this is what we screwed up on the first time. Let's redo it here. Yeah. Yeah. And then to do it a third time and you're like, well, we can really improve on it this time. Yeah. Well, and we upped, we upped a lot of like cool things, like your stunt. Like we got to do your stunt a second time and make it even better. And Tony. And with the cable pole and like, you know, off the ladder and stuff. We got to have you dangling in the attic. uh, Oh yeah. Even stronger and better. We did the new line reshoots. Yeah. Yeah. Just, we've got, we had so much freedom on that, that it was just, it was awesome. We said it, I think on a previous episode that you hear horror stories of executives, you know, kind of taking creative control and stuff. But I think our movie was just so small that it was just like, yeah, just go experiment, go have fun. You know, the one cool thing about Blumhouse is, was, and I don't know if it still is, but one fun thing about Blumhouse is at the time he was just willing and uh, allowing all the creativity to be in the hands of, of us. Mm -hmm. And um, it was cool. It was kind of a compliment from, from Cooper uh, at, at Blumhouse as well. Uh, he, we were trying to get him to come up on set you know, for, uh, some part of the gallows. And he was like, Hey, look guys, you're, you're victims of your own competence. That's for the sequel for gallows uh, too. For the sequel. Yeah. yeah. And we were like, Hey, you're going to come up this time. He's like, guys, I, I got to put out a fire in Georgia on this other thing. You guys was, got this. I think it was yeah. Benji or yeah. something. We had yeah, like, no one from Blumhouse on gallows Two the entire time. At all. Nice. 360 guys came and visited just for fun, but. It was just yeah. for fun, though. So it, again, it was full creative control, which is something that I guess we've been spoiled by a little bit. I was going to say. Now at this point, you're like, yeah, "Holy yeah. smokes, that's not so what like, it's always it's like." It's tough because we've we've had other gigs that have potentially come up where we needed. To, we still had everything we've done. We've actually had full creative control. So if there were a situation where we were doing something with a studio, and there's been a couple of near misses on some things, we were almost up for a "Are You Afraid of the Dark" movie with mm-hmm. Paramount uh, players. Uh, and, uh, that was a great, which we, which we shot a pitch for, if you're watching on YouTube right now, um, I'll show a clip of it, but, uh, we shot this pitch video for that pitch for the project and, uh, no one does that. Like no one does. Our manager was like, yeah, you guys could like shoot something. No one does that. And in like three days time, we, we thought we had two weeks. And then uh, they moved someone the at Paramount up. said, so we, hey, we got to move it up. And so we like, had like 24 hours to make this thing. And it, yeah. was, it was awesome. And but. then have the meeting. So, uh, but that turned out really great, uh, great meeting. But uh, they ended up not making it. They made it into a series. And I think, I don't know what the, what happened with the movie. I don't think they're making yeah, the movie. But we had notes based on the script because they had two versions of the script. And our notes were like, oh man, they, they went to a newer version but we were like, there's a lot of nostalgia from the 90s show in the first one that's left out in the, the updated version. Right. Things but, you can't control. That's right. But we, they, I knew that that suggestion was tough for them because they were trying to get something else going. And that's what we would have done. Yep. But we didn't have that control. Right. So it's like, well, you know, there's a little bit of a kind of a give and take when you're getting into the upper, upper leagues. I, w- I want to come back to one thing real quick on the audition thing just before we move on to other stuff. But uh, for Gallows, we were, and I kind of touched on this, we were really looking for personalities that could match the characters that we had in our minds for these, these four main people. And I remember, I remember you coming in and saying, asking, you know, can I, can I point it to myself? Can I point the camera to myself and Travis and I looking at each other and thinking like, oh yeah, this guy's, this is our guy. I, I actually remember thinking that right away. Yeah, without even um, yes, and uh, and that doesn't happen very often. Like when you just you just kind of feel like you know right away. But but it was really because of you, and I feel like it was your personality that just slipped right into this character that we had in our in our brains. An exaggerated version of you, of course, but it was really a lot of Ryan Shoes. And that I mean, then and then you are Ryan Shoes right. in the movie. I, my question is. I see a lot of things online where people will be like, oh, so-and-so actors just being themselves. Like they always get cast as themselves. They're never playing anyone different like Brad Pitt or, you know, Robert Downey Jr. or whatever. They're just like, they're always playing a version of themselves. Right. I actually think there is some truth to that. Like not to take away from their talent because I think it actually does require a lot of talent to present that in a confident way on screen. But I think that, I actually do think that there are personalities out there that are cast as themselves and have made a huge career off of that. But of course there's other actors who totally disappear and play just, you know, 
a, t- a, a huge variety of characters like Gary Oldman. I have no idea what Gary Oldman's actual personality is like. Just, that's <laughs> the one guy, him and Daniel Day-Lewis are the yeah, two guys yeah. where you're <laughs> Those like, two guys. I'm not sure. I don't know. But what do you, what do you think about that? Like, Well, I, I think that even these characters that transform, you know, if we're talking like Leo and the Revenant or McConaughey and Dallas Buyers Club or whatever, like they really transform their outer mm-hmm. shell and it, and it's yeah. not them anymore, Yeah, but it's still them as the personality and it's still Leo and it still comes through in the character, I think. Yeah. Um, I don't necessarily like lose all sight and I'm like, well, that's not a guy I even recognize anymore. I yeah. still think that they are cast for their charisma and their personality and their ability to draw you in yeah. and and just kind of empathize with what they're going through. Yeah, and it's just kind of a matter of like how far are they deviating right. from their natural, you know, inclinations and and voices and, and whatever. And exactly. So with the character that you guys were looking for in the gallows, like if we're being completely honest. Here it comes. At that time. <laughs> Here it comes. We weren't deviating very far from <laughs> who I was at the time. <laughs> That's what I wanted to hear. And, but <laughs> you mean, so explain to us what you think the character was supposed to be or meant to be when you say that. Well, I guess he's a toxic male in today's society. <laughs> like the worst. Oh, Just man. ruining, ruining <laughs> like high, a high school, school soft- douchebag. Yeah, high school sophomores. Dude, lives. it's so funny. Yes. Um, I, I mean, you're the energy that you brought to the character, the charisma, just it was the glue that really held the group together, I feel like, in out of out of the four. And that is exactly what we were looking for. And and that that it, I don't think that ensemble would have would have worked without it. Right. You know, you needed yeah. that you needed that energy. Well, to the, really the, get the quick plan wit, with, yeah. the quick wit, uh, uh, all of the things that uh, look, for the guy who was seen the least on camera, <laughs> you had a a big job to do, and uh, I think you did it great. Well, a friend just said the other day, they went and rewatched The Gallows, and they're like, I didn't realize that the first uh, 60 minutes of this movie was just Ryan being Ryan. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, it was 10 years ago. That's pretty much oh, right. Yeah. That's it's not me accurate. anymore. That's Things pretty accurate. Yeah. Things have changed. Things have changed. I really matured. I found myself uh, through a lot of well, things. Well, th- those of you watching on YouTube, I will make sure to show the, the highlights of the gallows, the parts where we see Ryan's face. I'll show some some clips here of some, maybe some behind the scenes. We're here with Ryan Schuess, everyone. Just a quick reset. Uh, Ryan Schuess, actor. Uh, have you written some stuff too? Are you a writer now? Are you considered a writer? No. No? I mean, I, small things here and there. Nothing. Have you de- have you delved into any producing or any other, any other facets? Yeah. Uh, I've... I've filmed, so I've been DP and stuff like that. Oh, sweet. Um, and then my girlfriend and I have a vegan blue cheese business, and we That's did an right. Indiegogo campaign video that I wrote, produced, and then my buddy edited. And where can people go to check that out? Because I know you guys are kind of like getting, you know, into the weeds of really kicking that thing into high gear. Katonascreamery.com. Katona's Creamery with a K. Um, okay. And well, yeah, that's just- hot stuff, man. The vegan. Vegan stuff is hot stuff. We're about to take over that section of the world. Take it over, man. Yeah, we got a commercial kitchen. We're starting up uh, great. July 1st, ready that's, to go. That's fantastic. But yeah, that was one of the things where I love being behind the camera as well. Um, and I think it's just been a huge asset to me in front of the camera as well to learn how you guys and everybody else like functions. Yeah. Well, yeah. that's another thing that you got a lot of experience on in the gallows too, oh, honestly. Yeah. Huge. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it was, it was seven of us, right? Four actors. Richie. Richie yeah. is in studio with us right now. And then <laughs> Tyler Smith, who is not in with us. Uh, he's still with us, but not. Yeah. <laughs> I, I like looked up. He's, I don't know, gonna do a, he's out on a flag no. football field no. somewhere. Yeah. Yeah. yeah killing it. <laughs> yeah, that guy's really sure. good. Um, but it was just the seven of us essentially Going through in this, a big old auditorium this at night, amazing uh, process. Um, can you speak to what would help actors? Like, how is it that knowing more about the process can help an actor be a better actor? Uh, I think just uh, knowing your specific role for the day. I mean, talking about flag football, it's like a team sport. You know, if you're coming in as an actor, and actually this kind of relates back to the expectation thing. Once again, if you go into um, 
a film as an actor and you have all these expectations of how you're going to look on camera, how the camera should be set up to film you, um, how an, another actor should be saying their lines. If you're going in with that kind of an expectation and you get in front of the camera, you're not only like harming yourself, um, you're harming the production because the people around you, the directors, the DPs, the grips, everybody has their job and they're there to take care of where the camera goes, where the sound's going to be. It's not your job to think about that, you know? You should be on set as an actor willing to to kind of open yourself up to the experience that you're living, not I think it should go this way. Mm-hmm. So let's do it this my way. Yeah. You're just hurting yourself, you're hurting everybody else around you. Like yeah. a like a micromanaging actor. Yep. We've, Who are you? Be yeah. like, get off the set, dude. We've yeah. had a few of those and it's it is difficult. It, it's honestly casting. I mean, we've said it time and time again. Casting is Spielberg's quote, I believe, is 70% of the job. I mean, you cast the right people. Literally, as a director, so many of your worries wash away because you've got easy people to work with. They take notes. They They do it the first time, maybe the second time, you know, and it's just like it's so easy. But when you get flack or you get... Not not even flack, but just like kickback, resistance, you know, things that are just kind of not productive, but the opposite, counterproductive. And it just it just creates a bad vibe. It wastes time. I mean, just casting, man, as I a think, director. I think um it was when I jumped on for a day on Held. Yeah. Um, it was uh, I don't know, a couple months before that that I had just I had like consciously taken the step to take any expectations that I got from any project that I was about to do and just drop them and realize that the reason that I'm on these sets is that I love the process. You know, I don't really care in the end how it's going to turn out. It's not going to help me to think about how am I going to look or how's my performance going to be when this is cut together. Like you put that trust in the directors and the writers and the editors. But for me, it's just going there and enjoying what I love to do. It's so, a great perspective, actually. Yeah. And great. so it was actually funny that I had come to that realization. And then you guys asked me to do that and then came up and shot that. And it's like, this isn't about me today. This is about you guys finishing your film, putting your film together. And what can I do to be of assistance in this? Like, just act like I'm a, you know, C-stand, uh, put me wherever. That. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that's great. And for those of you who haven't seen Held, Ryan is in the first what 30 seconds of the movie like yeah. he's in the first first, first minute, minute. Or opening <laughs> scene but it was the scene that we shot last actually yeah so yeah, yeah. We, 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 it was an add on actually it was an added on scene that's sweet and car, uh yeah. we got that sweet car from our buddy Sammy G and uh put called, me in a leather jacket called Ryan up called me Bobby Bobby <laughs> it was that was fun man to have you back for that that yeah. was cool i like what you said about the actor kind of just being appreciative of the overall experience i i i like that I I think a step, even a greater step is, you know, not necessarily having other people stay in their lane, but also knowing what everyone's doing Yeah. so that you can be out of their way or you can be, you know, like, but it takes a certain amount of awareness. Again, it's more of this awareness, but being aware that, hey, grips do this, directors do that, DPs do this. Um, uh, when they say, look over here, I mean, I'm like, what are you, t-? you know, it's like, they need to get focused. They do need what to they do- tell you. There's all these things that are very helpful, uh, to make you look good. Even stuff that's like, Hey, trust me on this. This is going to make you look amazing on camera. Yeah. Don't trust everyone. That's a trick. <laughs> Don't trust everyone. Yeah. Okay. Good I know. Point. See, there's, a, there's exceptions to all these rules. Right. And <laughs> this is why, this is why some actors work constantly with the same directors and yeah, producers because yeah. they know that they whatever I do, they're going to make me look amazing. I'm going to do my best to be amazing for them, but I know it's going to turn out amazing. So that's why a lot of some actors are hesitant. Early on, it doesn't matter as much. I think like you're getting your chops by doing early productions. You're trying to see what's going on. You know, like early student films, you may be like, dude, I was disappointed in like a thousand of the 1002 productions that I was on when I was in school or or the student films. But then you get those two and that's where you're like, I know exactly what kind of filmmakers I want to work with because those guys, they were two out of a thousand, but they had attributes and traits that, that I know are sincere to the art form. 
and true to making a, a movie. And I think that's something that people have felt with us, at least I hope I have in every sense, uh, that they that they feel like they know whatever comes out in in the movie is the best stuff that could possibly come out in the movie. Right. I'm going to butcher the quote, but Fincher said something like, we've got all these people here, all the camera gear, everything. We're only going to be here once. So let's get it right. You know, yeah. it's the, is the sentiment. So that's why you see him doing a hundred takes, you know, yeah. it's like, well, we're only here once. Like, let's get it the way that I want it. You unless know, you're shooting <laughs> yeah. gallows. Yeah. Unless you're shooting gallows. Yeah. You'll you get two more chances, three, at least two, maybe three more <laughs> chances. So, you know, you can mess up. I got uh, going right off of that. What do you look for in a script or a character these days? When I read a script, I like, to be able to see the story. Um, uh, I don't know. There's so many things when you're reading that can turn you off mm. immediately, but I'm also not in the place that I want to just write someone off because there's some part of a script that I don't like, or it doesn't quite work. Yeah. Um, so I think I'm still very forgiving in that aspect. Um, but I, I, I find that once I talk to whoever's shooting the director, the writer, whoever it is, and they can give me a vision of mm. what they're trying to go for. If I can see that vision and match it to the script, then I'm like, okay, this has a chance of working mm -hmm. and being a fun set to be on. Um, but if you're just like stumbling through and, and you know, you're not able to envision how it's going to come sense. together. Yeah. You're not shocked. Yeah. Or... Yeah. If, if the person doesn't have a clear vision of what they're trying to accomplish, it's... you can tell immediately. Immediately. And sometimes you're sitting there and you're like on page 72 and you're like, how did I even get here? Yeah. <laughs> Who's talking? And it's just, it's frustrating, but at the same time, you know, maybe they have a budget behind them and yeah. maybe you just want to jump yeah, on board that's for, the thing. for <laughs> a paycheck sometimes. Yeah. yeah. I was going to say it's, it's, I think it's smart to, forgive some things in the script like for us personally like Travis and I we don't we don't consider ourselves writers I mean there wasn't really a script for Gallows we never gave you guys a script we had like an outline 60 page or like a yeah, yeah. Like page a, treatment outline yeah. right like so it was all vision there was nothing there it was yeah. all vision right um I remember showing you the original uh trailer I mean that's really what got you guys on board yeah. I, I I believe but I think that movie, and cross cross too and mo movies evolve they change so much they go through stages it's not just the, the words on the page and if you think that you're you're wrong because you could have a fantastic script that just dive bombs and just explodes oh, yeah. on production yeah. right or you could have like a eh, script that just becomes amazing when it's filmed you get the actors the director the you know the edit comes together and it's just you know like there's so many movies that they're writing them while they're filming them the most recent mission impossible tom, tom cruise again they were just making half of that crap up like while they were making it. And so, I mean, I just, I think that's smart from a director's standpoint, but I think it's smart for actors to not judge the script too harshly. Yeah. Right? And the, the truth is when, you know, is that a lot of managers with. That's the thing. Zero vision. Agents, zero ability to see a vision. They'll just write reading it off. A script. They'll just, they'll just they'll be like, eh, I didn't like it, you know, yep. without a conversation with the director. And then it never gets to the actor who actually is interested in meeting the filmmakers and writing and talking right. to them, right? Yeah. Or the agent or manager that just sends whatever script comes their way to the actor. And then you read it and you're like, whoa, whoa, Why whoa. Why did you send yeah. it? Whoa. Yeah. Whoa. Yeah. yeah. You have, a, you have a, a, an open gate agent yeah. <laughs> or you have a... Trapdoor, moat having, shut down, drawbridge <laughs> yeah. uh, agent that exactly. doesn't let anything through. And you should read them all, you know? It's like Scorsese yeah. watches, says he watches every movie and learns something from everyone, no matter how bad the film is. And you can always learn something from it, but you don't necessarily need to be a part of the whole production. Yeah, right? I mean, it's, so. a, it's a big time commitment when you're talking about a feature as well. I mean, if you're talking gallows, it's... It's a life commitment. Let's be honest. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's, yeah. a, it's a life thing. <laughs> what can can in your perspective? I, I feel like people have different thoughts or opinions on this. Can you study acting? Can you become better? How would you go about doing that if you were to, you know, give advice to someone who's trying to become a better actor? Um. Yeah. I mean, 
obviously. You definitely can go to, you know, an acting school, whether it's a theatrical school or you can find a studio in whatever part of the country you're in. Um, I think it's important to, again, trust the person that's teaching you um, because they, whoever it is, has the ability to put you down a pretty wrong path. Mm. Um, but I think if you if you're cognizant of like who has come out of a certain studio, you know, who studied there um, and do you like their work? Do they have a lot of working actors that um, have gone to their studio or still go to the studio? I think there's plenty of places that you can learn, but then the biggest learning opportunities come again when you get on set. I mean, that's just when it all happens and you can go and read lines with your friends all day and it'll help you and you'll get more comfortable, but you'd really got to get out there and do it. Even if it's setting up, you know, drives me crazy, but the Instagram, TikTok, all that stuff. It's like, I don't personally like doing all that stuff all the time, but I think it's like the repetition of that is just priceless. Mm. You can learn so much so quick in Los Angeles, in whole country now. I mean, you, we're all on camera all the time. Do you, yeah. Going off of that, do you recommend people move to LA? Do they take that leap like you did or can they do oh, it yeah, from anywhere now? A, yeah, it's such a crazy... Uh, well, I've been here 11 years now. So, and I came out the day after my 20th birthday, I think I moved to Los Angeles. And what a A place. lot's changed. <laughs> a lot's changed. What a place. Um, I mean, the new Hollywood isn't isn't Hollywood, no, right? I don't even know what the new Hollywood is anymore. I don't um, think anyone does. But I think for me, getting there as a younger guy, um, it's really easy to, uh, you're walking a thin line and you're really impressionable and you can either get pulled off by the wrong people um, or you can kind of get so overconfident in yourself that you stop learning, you stop listening. And you push people away. And then you become a jerk and you're never, you think you know it all, but you're on step one of a hundred and you're mm. just so, ooh, I don't know. Los yeah. Angeles is, it's fun. It's a great place. It's also a very intimidating place. Mm-hmm. So if you're not confident in what your goals are, um, then you should take some smaller steps. I know like there's Albuquerque, New Mexico. Netflix has a studio going up there. Yeah. Um, I don't know how North Carolina's doing right now, but uh, they're good. Atlanta, but also a big market now. Yeah. Vancouver, sweet. Mm-hmm. Vancouver, eh? They got a lot going on up there. We got some nice weather in Los Angeles though. Yeah, that's true. But you guys have been doing, so you guys have been doing, you know, everything from up in Fresno, three, four hours north of yeah. LA. How, how... Do you feel that's kind of changed your interaction with the industry? Well, we're separate but far away. I mean, and that is, that's the pros and it's also the cons, right? I mean, we are not at the parties. We're not mingling with people every day. We're not seeing people face to face. And I'm talking about producers, executives, actors. We're just, we're not meeting those people every day like a lot of them are, but we're far enough away that we have all these advantages, you know? Yeah, um, yeah. It, it's a little bit, It's the disadvantage is that movies aren't necessarily made because of how great something is or how creative the person is. A lot of times they're made just because there's buddies that want to just make movies with their friends or the people that they interact with all the It's all the about time. the connections, yeah. So that's a frustrating thing because we put, we put everything into getting the best movie for whatever situation or circumstance we have. Mm-hmm. And usually the most economical way to make it, you know, like yeah. the m- best money saving way. Which you way. think would be an appealing aspect. Yes. <laughs> but in the industry, it's not, it's actually kind of the opposite. It's like, right. oh, we got to have this many millions of a budget and and everyone kind of just picks their their piece and of that pie. And then so what with the outcome, you know, there was in a this, lot of cases. There was this one... Uh, production house we met with that's produced a lot of movies, a lot of art, art, you know, like art house movies, all of which have lost money. And we met with them on the basis of making a low budget horror film that would actually make money. Right. And when we talked with them 
And after the meeting, we heard this other producer that was with us. He said, yeah, he didn't really go for it. I think he thought you guys were fake because he didn't think it was possible to make a movie that cheap. Yeah. It says here like, you're going to make money. Yeah, yeah. Like nah, you're actually going to make. with our bottom line. And, yeah. And it was a little bit, it was a little bit condescending yeah. in the meeting to just a little bit. I mean, yeah. nice enough folks, but a little bit frauds. condescending. But, but, but when we, when we heard that, I was like, the guy's not going to give us any, let's just look up what his portfolio of films are. I looked it up and did the math and it was like the last 10 movies that he released, the act, and they're all, you know, movies that you would recognize. Or in people, actors they're, you would recognize. Yeah, yeah, big actors. The 10 movies that he had done recently, Most recently, all added up grosses were still less than the gallows. All of their grosses added up. And I was like, well, the gallows did have a good gross. Yeah, there you yeah. go. <laughs> well, and and we were yet disappointed in the gross of the gallows. You know, know, yet it was it was by millions higher than his last ten movies. Back to that expectations thing. Yeah. So <laughs> so for us, it was, so for us, it's like, well, in reality, I guess the guy just didn't want to make any money on his movies. Right. Some of them were more like Oscar bait, Oscar clout type uh, films that lost money. Essentially. So it's like, well, if he wants a trophy, that's fine. Go for the trophy. But don't don't act like you want to make money on a movie. And then I I think there's a there's an element also of like, oh, I'm not gonna stoop down to that level to make that was the condescending Yeah, a half a million dollar movie or whatever. It's like, but that's what's gonna make money. That's what's actually gonna make you a profitable yeah. movie for once. But it blows my mind too that one of the reasons that they probably wouldn't is that you're three hours away. Maybe. I mean, that could be too. He he I, he seemed disbelieving of Fresno and the ecosystem here that we do have that is great for making stuff. So yeah, I don't know, man. It's weird. Some people it's, just don't. And well, and here's the thing. I think the new school is different. I think you're gonna see a lot more younger, newer people in the industry willing to do whatever and to go for it and that work hard that are willing to put in the time willing to go to the places that are a little bit hotter doing a little bit unconventional uh, things doing unconventional things things like us yeah. like what we did which was totally unconventional we're going to see a lot more people doing that and they're going to be the next generation of creators they're going to be the next level of storytellers they are going to upgrade the industry. Well, and Hollywood doesn't know what they want. They never have. They no. always they always find the thing that's like the hot new thing and then they they latch onto it. Yeah. You know, like Get Out, perfect example we were talking about earlier. It's like no one knew what that movie was. They had no idea how to market it. They were just like, what is this? Yeah, we'll release it, but we're really unsure how it's going to oh, well, go. Well, or know? we're <laughs> we or we're not willing to commit to releasing it. You can go ahead and make it without our blessing, yeah. and then we'll test it and see what happens. And the test screenings are just off, off the charts. The charts. Yeah. Like, oh yeah, we'll totally release that movie. Yeah. It's like, oh, but you weren't then, willing to risk and it. And then what? What does it create? A new wave of films that all have social messages and, and political. Mm -hmm. You know, like that's the thing. That's what they want. And right. every meeting you go to after that, they say, oh, we want to do something social, like Get Out. And it's like, yeah, <laughs> okay. And you yeah. guys also fell into such a good wave of films with the found footage. Like we were kind of on the tail end we were, yeah, of all yeah. that, but that's what allowed a low budget to be kind of accepted, right? Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, we were talking about this with Reg on our last episode. The fact that they sunk the marketing budget that they did into Gallows it still blows my mind. Oh you yeah, know? for a movie that cost you know a tenth of their catering budget, <laughs> you know, on yeah. a typical movie, they yeah. spend you know a million plus dollars on that. Freaking Nirvana trailer, you they, know. Like. They spent more. They spent more on the uh, song. The, was sick though. It, it was sick. sick. <laughs> Thank, you, Reg. Thank you, Reg. Thank you, Ian Reg. But they spent more like on the press junket day at Hollywood High School. So much than fun. we did the fun. entire movie. I'm sure. <laughs> I mean, that's it, just crazy. All the commercials on like AMC. Oh, all that. Stuff. Where oh, no yeah. one's even watching TV anymore at that point. You're like. Put it on Facebook. Still on AMC a, Fear Fest. I, I celebrate that every year. Oh, that's right. I love that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What, a couple more questions for you, Ryan, that I'm just curious about. What um, What are some of your favorite performances that you've ever seen on, on screen, or whether it's film, TV? <sighs> boy, oh boy. Well, I, I do know that I imitated um, Leonardo DiCaprio in um, The Departed for my entire freshman year of college. Um <laughs> And it wasn't that it was anything like a just great performance or anything. I mean, I was good and I love The Departed, but um, I don't know. I was in a very impressionable time in my life. And when someone was cool and kind of had that swag, I like wanted to be him. So I got the hat, I got the cigarettes, I had the everything. And um, 
Oh boy. Sam Rockwell in so many things. <laughs> I love Sam Rockwell. Um, Sam Rockwell's great. I like George Clooney. I like Jonah Hill. I like Shia LaBeouf. Oh my gosh, Matt Damon. Any books that you've read that you'd recommend like that are on acting specifically or filmmaking? I'm actually reading uh, Matthew McConaughey's book right now, oh. Green Lights. Nice. Um, highly recommended. I'm only halfway through it, but... Um, I love McConaughey. I would ch- I would check that great. out. And it's not all acting related either. You know, it's uh, well, no, he's got a broader perspective on life. Oh my yeah. god, yeah. huge! And um, he the the book is great. It's all about you know, red lights, green lights, yellow lights. Sometimes you're hitting all green lights. Sometimes a yellow light tells you to slow down, rethink. If you hit a red light, maybe you take a right and find another green light. You know, mm. it's like it's just a great philosophical book about how to well it sounds like it would forward sounds like it would help people manage their expectations mm. like we talked about earlier you know it, it helps you keep a a more a better perspective well just because something's not working out in life doesn't mean you're doing the wrong thing it just means that maybe that uh, that path isn't ready for you yet or you're not ready for that path and right. i think this is um what I texted you about um, before I came here, you had said something on, I think oh, it was your first show or something. Right, right. About you don't have to know how, you just got to know that you're going to do it. Yeah. So if you first figure out what it is you want to do, that's all you really need to do and and have conviction in that. And then don't worry about how it's going to come to you because it will come. Yeah. But you need to be very strong on what it is you want. Yeah. And I think that that's just a, you know, the journey's the journey. And that's the part where we're all going to look back and be like, oh, those were such great. Oh, so bad. And yeah. You, yeah. You might be at your goal, but the best part was getting there. Yeah. Yeah. What's the best piece of advice you could give to someone who's, you know, maybe they're doing TikTok, Instagram or something, but they love performing. They want to act in film. What, what can you tell them? Uh, the basic stuff. Stay positive. Um, know that if you enjoy putting those things together that's all we're really here to do right is just enjoy what we're doing and your goal shouldn't be the fame or the money or you know even if it's to get on a tv show it'll happen eventually but continue doing what it is you like and if there's even a small niche of people that enjoys watching those things, it's going to grow mm-hmm. eventually because you're doing what you love and yeah. it's coming out and you're going to continue to learn and grow. And yeah, I just, positivity, man. Well said. It's all positivity. Well said. Can I tell one thing real quick? Yeah, yeah, go ahead. Um, when we were doing that press junket for the gallows, we were, it was the four actors that were sitting up on the chairs and all the, whoever website would come and interview us. Yeah. And I remember one of the first people or second or third people that came up uh, looks to me and goes, Ryan, um, how how was it performing with Matthew McConaughey in that movie Mud? And I gave her this blank look. I'm like, what do you mean? She goes, when you performed with Matthew McConaughey in Mud, if you go on my IMDb, the first movie that I had talked about that I did when I was 14 years old in Maine was also called Mud. <laughs> this lady had just taken a quick glance at my IMDb and thought that I had performed with Matthew when I was 14 years old. Thought that that was the Mud. That's that a great movie, by the funny. way. I love that I just movie. answered, I go, it was great. <laughs> and then great. she just moved on. That's so funny. Yeah. Anyway, we, continue. We did work with an actor uh, on Prey, our jungle movie, uh, Logan Miller, who was the younger version of Matthew McConaughey in Ghosts of Girlfriends Past. Oh, nice. Uh, bro, I have a question. You were in something recently with someone that I grew up with. Uh, oh, really? I actually recognized her in a cameo on Cobra Kai. I recognized just about all the cameos on Cobra Kai. Uh, so, so Soleil Moonfry. Oh, yeah. She Just in December. Yeah. So tell me, how was that? Because like she was Punky Brewster to me growing Punky up. Punky Brewster. She's still. Uh, but she was my age. And I remember- oh, that's right. I remember uh, I went so to, so yeah, I know. I went to an Angels game, California Angels, and there was one of her co-stars. Yeah. He was a recurring uh, person on the show, but I got to meet him and we had like the- Was Soleil there? I never got to meet her, but I remember she was just this fun, spunky little girl, Punky Brewster, right? 
she turned out to grow up to be this super duper hottie, bro. Like <laughs> she's super gorgeous, super hot, super yeah. gorgeous, and super nice, and super nice. Yeah. So we shot that. I shot that in uh, December last year. What was it exactly? What was the title? Punky Brewster. Uh, it was a, like it was a put a ring on it episode. Oh, okay. So they did a whole uh, thing on Peacock. Got it. Uh, eight, ten episodes, something like that, and we shot it on Universal, like height of COVID kind of thing, and so everybody was off in their trailers, but we it. It is supposed to be a live audience show. Mm. Um, so we had to do full uh, episode run-throughs, which was so much fun. So you have the whole cast, all the crew just going from set to set on the soundstage, you know, from like the kid's bedroom to the bathroom to the, you know, ring shop, restaurant, where we were. That's so funny. And live episode. That's that's such an interesting experience, I imagine. Well, it would have been crazy if there had been a live audience, but it was COVID, mm, so right. there was none. So instead of having bleachers on one side and the sets on the other, they just had sets on both sides and then added in the laughter. Oh, um, man. But fun. yeah, we got to, I talked to there for a second and the rest of the people on the cast were super fun and we were all in the same trailer area. It was a great experience. I I that hope is I cool. get to do that again. That's and maybe awesome. I can be the reoccurring character that introduces someone else to that would be still awesome. going. That would be awesome. I could wrap it full circle with my PSAs from when I was there you go. 12 yes. years old. Yeah. There you go. Yeah, that'd be great. Well, Ryan, what's what's next for you? Anything cool in the works coming up? I uh, yeah, just did a cool uh, four or five days on a film with director I can't talk about yet. Um, NDAs Ooh. and all that. Ooh. But it was very fun. Mm. And Ooh. I was going to wrap, I was actually going to wrap him into this somehow, but you know, we've gotten, we've done enough here, <laughs> but yeah, that's going to be a very fun movie. Cool. Um, I don't know when it'll come out. Is Who it fe- a feature? Um, heavy supporting. Got like I mean like the film is the film a feature feature film? Oh yeah. Okay. Sweet. Feature nice. film, yeah. Okay. yeah. And you're Action, kind of love the... story, drama, nice. oh. comedy. It's all wrapped into one. Love That's it. Great. Yeah. So what kind of uh, is there a story or a moment or something that is a, a, an example of an unlikely story, someone overcoming or whatever that that speaks to you that that you could share with us? Yeah. I got one. Cool. Uh my dude Matt Damon uh, okay. He tells a story. I don't know what uh, podcast or something. It was an interview, um, and he was talking about when he was in middle school, high school. He and Ben Affleck had went and auditioned for the Dead Poet Society. Mm. Oh, right. Um, okay. And they got callbacks and all that, and they were thought this was going to be it, and neither of them got the part. Uh, Ethan Hawke ended up getting it. Oh, yeah. And. So they went back home for that summer and, well, as they tell the story, got jobs at this one screen movie theater and were selling tickets to one movie all summer. And it was Dead Poet Society. <laughs> oh, and the pain. The pain just, and they said they were, oh. people would be walking out crying and crying. And he's like, <laughs> it's so I, good. It's so amazing. Yeah, it's all so, the performances, all those boys. He's just sweeping popcorn. Yeah, he's like, so <laughs> glad you enjoyed it. Yeah, but um, he just says, I think it's so inspiring because it, it's such it's such a shows the two spectrums of the industry where if one thing had changed in the audition process that they were looking for or one stroke of luck, he wouldn't have been there serving tickets to Dead Poet Society. He would have been in an Oscar nominated film, Academy Award nominated film. And it's just so like, what a lottery mm-hmm. you're in. And yeah. it, it just lets you know, it's like, this is such an industry of chance, but he was never deterred by the fact that he didn't get it because he did get the callbacks. You know, he was up for that and it just wasn't his time, just wasn't ready to work that's, out yet. That's yeah. the key is the reaction to it. He didn't let it derail him because then yeah. they went on to do- um, Goodwill Hunting. Goodwill Hunting, right? Which that, also took him like, yeah, five years to write. And, and that was huge for them. I mean, that launched them, wasn't it? And they both yes. got to work with Robin Williams. Yeah, Yes, they did. Um, this he, time, you know, they didn't get to in in. Uh, you can go and listen to Matt Damon's, Society, Matt Damon's stories. I mean, I'm his, sure it's great. His, it's such a journey that they're on. And then after Goodwill Hunting, where Matt split off and was kind of taken as this serious actor, and then Ben Affleck got like you know Armageddon, people weren't taking him seriously, and then Daredevil, and kind of, and, and then and look then at Jiggly, <laughs> <laughs> and then look at how Jiggly. all of a sudden then. Brad, I mean, Ben worked his way back in and is just now like 
yeah. director, actor extraordinaire, the Huge. town, yeah. all that. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's, that's amazing. That's amazing. Um, yeah. Well, another reason you should be thankful for every moment. Yeah. Every little thing. Uh, don't, don't be angry about the things you don't get because they help you get on the path to the things that you want to get and that you should get and that you're right for. Everybody that's ever auditioned for you guys is going to hit you up after this <laughs> and be like, remember me? There's Where's my of, role? There's plenty of people we do remember that we're like, we we just don't have something in the pipeline I for know. them, but we Shooting would love is, to work with it's them. It's unfortunately so few and far between that it's 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 tough to fulfill that for everybody. It should be want. more often. We should be pumping out a couple movies a year, to be honest. We should be. Um, but This is the year. There's a lot going on. COVID threw things back, and uh, and uh, you know maybe we'll create a, a tremendous film fund uh, where we can just kind of still have that control that we like to have uh, to be able to make the movies we want to make. We're here with Ryan Schuess, everyone. I think we're going to wrap up. This has been a really fun episode, reminiscing the nostalgia of many years of fun working together on the gallows, and also held. Ryan, it was awesome to have you here, man. And it's good to catch up and see what you're doing, yeah. how you're staying in the industry, how you're staying positive, uh, and the advice- <laughs> Haven't scared been. me off yet. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> and the advice to uh, those wanting to learn more about the acting avenue that they can take. Happy uh, to answer any other questions. Where can people follow you? Where can they find you on social media? Just my name, Ryan Schuess. At don't Ryan do Schuess. TikTok. I don't have TikTok. No TikTok? No TikTok. We got a TikTok star coming in on our next episode. Excited about that. He's uh, so funny. You know who? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Very yeah. excited about that. Well, all right, guys. We're going to wrap up here. Thank you, Ryan, for showing up. Cheers, this was guys. awesome. Yeah. Um, we're going to hang back. out. We're let's gonna, hang yeah. out. Yeah, let's hang out more often. Yes. Let's not just do a podcast Don't be strangers. Out. I'm fine with that. Thank you, guys. Wait. Thanks for joining us here. And we'll see you next time on another episode of Unlikely Story. Unlikely Story.